I think the, the, uh, C.S. Lewis in his, uh, series, Narnia Chronicles series, in, in the last book as he talks about, uh, the, the moving into Aslan's country and the, the, the further up and the quicker and the deeper that they go, the bigger that it gets and the more, the more that is there and it just begets more and more beautiful as they rush headlong into this wondrous place that, that Aslan has created that the, that the king over the, king across the sun, how does that go? Uh, whatever his name is, whatever his title is, the king, king across the sea, that they get deeper and deeper into his territory. They're just overwhelmed. That's what Jesus is saying here. This is eternal life. And as Graham very appropriately reminded us last week, eternity is not a timeline. It is a whole other way of being, of thinking. And so as it won't be that we'll be going through time and getting deeper, but we will just be more and uh, deeper and more fully immersed in who God is. And that's Jesus' prayer for us. That even while we are here on earth, we are in, involved, engaged in eternal life because we are knowing and learning and experiencing God in new and more deeper and more intimate ways. This is eternal life. And so Jesus prays that they would know you. The gospel, the, the, the epistle writers, Paul picks this up. And, and when we look through his prayers, one of the, 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 the most important pieces of his prayers is that, that you would know God. Let's look at Ephesians. If you've got your Bibles, you keep your thumb or your finger in, in John. We'll be going back there. But let's just flip over to Ephesians chapter 1. As Paul is, is writing this introduction and, and talking about how we have been blessed in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing, uh, that, that God has chosen us before the foundations of this world and He is, is uh, uh, painting this beautiful picture of our relationship with God. And then he gets to, to verse 15 of chapter 1 in, in Ephesians and he says, For this reason, because I have heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love to all the saints, I do not cease to give thanks for you, remembering in you, you in my prayers that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you what? Spirit of wisdom, of revelation, in the knowledge of him. All of these wonderful things that, that God has made available to you. And what is Paul's concern? That you would know God better. He continues that for us in, in Ephesians chapter 3, in, in that uh, powerful prayer um, that, uh, that he prays for. Uh, for the people of Ephesus and, and, and praise for all of God's people. Ephesians chapter 3, starting at verse 14. For this reason I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and earth is named, that according to the riches of His glory, He may grant you to be strengthened with power through His Spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love may have the strength to comprehend 
with all the saints what is the breadth and the length and the height and the depth and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. What does He want us to know? What is His prayer for us? That we would know God. That we would know the love that God has for us in ever-increasing ways, in all of its different facets, and in all of its different uh, manifestations in our lives. Second thing that Jesus is praying for here, key component of His prayer for His followers, is that they would be protected. See that in verse 15 is one of the key phrases, key statements that Jesus said. I, I, I do not, this is back in John 17, verse 15. I do not ask that you take them out of the world, but that you keep them from who? The evil one. Some translations will say from evil. Jesus' prayer for us, He recognizes that we are in a battle. That when we engage ourselves in the, in the process of following Him, that there is going to be an enemy who is going to try and distract us, deceive us, and discourage us and pull us away from that knowledge of God. The protection isn't against the world. Protection isn't to protection from persecution. It's not even really about physical harm or physical health. His concern for us is that, that the evil one would be able to deceive us. That he would be able to draw us away from our knowledge of God and send us on our own path that leads us further and further away from God. This is such a huge A huge part of our lives. We are surrounded by a world who has bought into the lives of Satan. We have an enemy who knows all of the right buttons to push in our lives. He is a master of taking the good things of God and giving them a little twist and sending us off in a completely different direction that gets us further and further and further away from God. And we are surrounded by those lies. And our only hope is that God would rescue us, that He would protect us from that evil one, that He would protect our minds and our hearts so they aren't drawn away from Himself. These are the things that Jesus is concerned about. These are the things that were important for Him to pray for you. What's the last thing? 
Jesus prays that we would be one. That we would be united in our love for one another. That it is through our relationships together that our hearts are held fast in our confession of our faith. Do not be fooled. For you to be a follower of Christ, but to be isolated from God's people, you are an easy target for Satan to be able to deceive. I have, I have, I have seen this often and, and sometimes with people who are very close to me. Who have, who have been a part of church. Who something has happened to them where they have been hurt by people within the church, by the church organization itself. And they have decided that they no longer need to be a part of a church in order to still be a follower of Christ. And they go out on their own and they've figured that there's all kinds of great teaching that they can find on the internet and on the radio and on TV and all that kind of stuff. There are wonderful books and they can immerse themselves in that and they can be held fast to Christ. They can continue in their faith on their own without belonging to a local congregation of believers. That is... Such a dangerous place. And often I have seen those people dear to my hearts that have gotten twisted up in these wacky ideas about who God is and how they are able to relate to Him. And they've got spinning out of control and suddenly they have gotten themselves to a place where they will have nothing to do with the Word of Christ any longer because they isolated themselves from God's people. That's part of why Jesus is praying that we would be one. That we would be united. It's because as we are together, it's called the body of Christ because we need each other. We are interconnected with one another. And separated from the body, we will die we will wither up and be of no use. That's part of why Jesus is praying for us to be one. But there is another crucial component to that oneness that we have. Because when we are united in our love for one another, we become the perfect reflection of our Father who is in heaven. That the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit have existed for all of eternity within a perfect divine community and perfect love for one another. And what's amazing is in this prayer, Jesus is saying that, that just as the Trinity is one. 
we are then invited into that divine community to partake in fellowship of that love and unity that is there. And when we are in that place, the rest of the world will look and see those are followers of Christ because of their love for one another. Now we've said this before, and and I'm not going to get too far into this, but unity does not mean uniformity. That doesn't mean that we all dress the same, that we all walk the same, that we all say the same things or have the same ideas. Let me just say, we here are a perfect expression of the diversity that there is within the body of Christ. Because there are all kinds of different ways that God has worked in our lives in the past. We come from all different kinds of traditions and, and experiences and, and, and ways of relating to God. And there are some things that are very important to some people and there are other things that are very important to others. And so when we come together, there is, there is a, a, a very eclectic gathering of individuals and experiences. And it could go really, really bad very quickly. <laughs> but it is for that very reason that the love that binds us together as a family can only be described as divine. Because if we were just depending on our human love for one another, you would not be able to stand me. I guarantee you. You would be frustrated and walk away in no time flat. It would just explode in conflict and division and argumentation and all the rest of that kind of stuff. Our greatest testimony to a world that is destined for destruction is our love for one another in the midst of all of our differences. Let me go even further. Not just in the midst of our differences, but because of our differences. And yet our love for one another. That is the glory of God being shined through in our lives. And so Jesus' prayer is that they would be one just as You, Father, are in Me and I in You, that they also may be in us so that the world may believe that You have sent Me. So what does this mean? First of all, we need to be encouraged. Our Lord, our Savior, our great Creator, the Almighty God is continuing His intercession for you. Jesus is praying for you. Jesus is at the right hand of the Father representing you and your needs before the Almighty God.
That's amazing. And we can be encouraged by that because <laughs> if God is going to answer anybody's prayers, He's going to answer Jesus' prayer. You can guarantee that. And so all of these things that we see here on this passage that Jesus is praying for you, you can be assured that God is going to see this through. That you will know God every day a little bit more, a little bit better, a little bit deeper. That you will be protected by the Almighty God from the evil one. And that even though it is hard because there are people that are different than you, He will fill your heart with love for one another and, and bind you together in a unity that, that can only be described as supernatural and will be a means for which God will then rescue the rest of this dark, lost world. So you can be encouraged by this prayer. Second thing, if these are the things that Jesus found most important to be praying for, that in His moments just before His arrest, hours before His crucifixion, these are the things that, that were foremost in His mind and in His prayer for us. We need to be praying these very same things for ourselves and for our brothers and sisters. That they would know God. And that they would be protected from the evil one. And that they would be unified in love for one another in our worship of our Lord and our Savior. It is, it is right and good for us to be praying for the physical needs that people have, for the, uh, for the material needs, for, uh, for times when they are out of work, when, they, when money is short, uh, when they are going through health concerns, uh, when there are relationship breakups, uh, when there are struggles that people are going through, absolutely, we need to be praying for all of those things. But most importantly, we need to pray that they know God. That in the midst of their illness, in the midst of their, uh, of their shortfall, in the midst of their relationship breakdown, that they would know God. And that the Father would protect them from the evil one. That He wouldn't allow these hard circumstances to be used to draw them away from relationship with God. And that they would experience the love and the unity of the body of Christ. And they would find ways of, of, of expressing and continuing their love for the rest of the body as well. Those are the things that, that we need to make central in our prayers for ourselves and for each other. I, I really believe that Satan loves to get us focused on some of those peripheral things. To focus our prayers on, on the health concerns, on the money concerns, and all those kinds of things because, because we can then forget to pray 
most important things. Jesus' example for us needs to be that, that model for how we pray for each other and to pray for ourselves. Let's do that here this morning. Lord Jesus, we thank You. Thank You that You care so much about each one of us. That each of us is never absent from Your infinite attention, from Your infinite love. Thank You that You are praying for us even now. Interceding on our behalf before the Father. And that through You, we are then welcomed into that throne room of grace and we can lay our concerns before the Father as well. What an amazing privilege. What a humbling reality. Lord, we pray for Your people here in this place. We pray for Your church here in Oceanside. We pray for the body of believers that is throughout this nation and around this world. Lord, our prayer is that they would know You. That we would all be drawn into a deeper, more, more personal, intimate experience with You. That we would, that we would walk in the height and the depth and the width and the length of Your love for us. Father, that You would protect us. We know. We know that we have an enemy who, who, is, who never sleeps. Who never stops trying to get us away from, from our relationship with You. And we are helpless before Him. <laughs> but with You, there is nothing that He can do to touch us. So Father, we pray for Your protection in our lives. We pray for Your church to be protected from the evil one. And Lord, in a day and age when there is so much that divides us, when it is so easy to spew division and hatred and anger towards others. Father, would we be one? Would we be a clear reflection of Your unbroken love, of Your unbroken unity, Would You take all of those colorful differences that there are between us, would You weave them together into a tapestry that, that, could, that, that, that reflects Your character far better than any individual thread ever could? And through that, Lord, Would we see a world rescued from the path of destruction? Right now, Your Spirit is 
bringing into our hearts and into our minds faces of those that we care deeply about, that, that You have, have been moving into our hearts, Lord. We pray for them. That our love here in this place would be something that would draw them to want to know more about You. Rescue them, Lord. Bring them into this family. Something that only You can do. We thank You for this church. We thank You for this body of believers that You have brought together in this unique place, in this unique way. Would our lives be glorified because of what You are doing here in our midst. We thank You in Jesus' name. Amen.